0: are you ready welcome to the around the cfl podcast my name is anthony ap parker along with me is my right hand man my best friend my producer the one who tries to make me sound as decently as possible here for you guys vex kobo what's up people what's up buddy how's it going oh not too bad a little cold but yeah uh week 21 in canada end of october it's getting a little bit chilly. Uh, as I said, week 21 now is in the books. Um, in past seasons, it gets a little bit more exciting. There's teams that have to, you know, win and in at the very end of the season. Uh, the season, a little bit different. Uh, The playoff picture was kind of already set prior to this week. So, um, yeah, a lot of backups playing this week. A lot of stars maybe playing one or two series, and they're out the door. So um, it was kind of slow. The Edmonton Elks had the bye this week, so there was no big finale for them, Uh, being nine teams in the CFL. One team has to have the bye, obviously, because nine teams. That doesn't go equally into games. So the Elks did not play this week, but everybody else did. (laughs) Working from the BC 22. Polaris to the end zone for Schoen. He's got him! Touchdown, Winnipeg! Sweet 16 for Dalton Schoen in his rookie season. First game that we're going to talk about is the Friday night football game. Uh, that saw the BC Lions visiting the Western champs, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, with the Bombers winning at home at IG Field 24-9. to So they are the Western champs for a reason. They had an amazing record this year. They just... It was crazy what they did this year. Um, they've already gone back-to-back for the Grey Cup, and now looks like they're on pace to go for a three-peat, which hasn't happened, I believe, since the 80s with the uh, Edmonton, formerly known as Eskimos, but no, I'm not calling them that, so let's stay PC here. The Elks, but formerly known as the Eskimos. Uh, The game did see the return of Nathan Rourke um, after missing eight games with a sprain in his right foot that required surgery uh, that was suffered during the fourth quarter of the August 20th game against Saskatchewan. So, uh, yeah, he went down. It was a brutal one. It was a sprain, uh, ended up needing surgery, and he was done until now. Kind of random that a sprain needs a surgery, but... whatever um it was pretty bad um side note to that i had tickets already to travel to bc to go to the august 28th game and so i was all pumped i was ready to go i was super excited to go see bc see nathan rourke gets hurt in the fourth quarter of the week prior and that was the end of that so unfortunately that didn't happen and bc ended up losing that game too saskatchewan so they played a home and home series that weekend or that week stretch and uh, that's what happened uh rourke did look fairly impressive though he went seven for 11 62 yards in the first half um he took a few big hits so that was good to see that he was able to get up and kind of brush it off so with that rust being uh missing eight games being off i believe for nine weeks that he was able to stay in there get hit and uh come out of it Um, He said at the half, talking to Farhan Lalji, that it felt, quote, good. So that's all he would say. That's all he would give. Um, During the time when he was on the sidelines, he did have it elevated. I don't really think that had anything to do with the pain. I just think they just had it up precautionary, you know, keeping him rested. Because obviously he's getting the start in the West Semi against Calgary. Um, Some other big finishes For the BC Lions, saw both Keon Hatcher and Lucky Whitehead cross a 1,000-yard receiving mark for the season. Uh, Dominic Rimes and running back James Butler had already broke that 1,000-yard barrier previously to this game. So that gave them three receivers over a 1,000 yards and a running back over a thousand yards and if Nathan Rourke hadn't missed eight games who knows what that guy would have done and he's Canadian on top of that so it's always great to see a Canadian quarterback crushing it it sucked that he got hurt but hey we still get him back in for the playoffs which is great to see Um, on the bomber side Zach Caleros played a little bit four for five with uh, 68 yards and limited um Obviously, they don't want him to get hurt in the last game of the year when he still also has another week off going into the Western Final. Uh, Dalton Schoen, he is the surefire winner for Rookie of the Year. Um, He had a great game, um, not a lot of action, I guess. He only had two catches, but both catches combined went for 84 yards and a touchdown. So that kid is impressive. It's hard to believe he is a rookie. Um, he, like I said, he's going out for Rookie of the Year. I'm sure he's going to get it. The kid looks incredible. And yeah, it was just the Bombers looked really, really good. Uh, Winnipeg will now get the bye. So they're going to the West Final. And BC will host the Calgary Peters next Sunday afternoon in uh, BC Place. So that is going to be a very interesting game. Um, either team honestly could win that one, Calgary or BC. Um, all three teams are... Grey Cup caliber teams, BC, Calgary, and the, obviously the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who have already repeated. So uh, yeah, we'll see what happens next week in BC Place. Big return here from the Argos to start the second half. Cote slaps the legs of Jeremiah Hadel. The Saturday of Week 21 featured a triple header. Uh, First game started out with the Montreal Alouettes winning a high-scoring affair in Toronto at BMO Field against the Argonauts. Toronto did fight back after the Owls took a huge 21-7 lead after the first quarter. For Montreal, there was no Trevor Harris who had the day off, so Dominique Davis and Davis Alexander split the snaps. William Stanback had only four carries for 23 yards in limited duty, while the former University of Calgary Dino running back Run Antwi had 11 carries for 59 yards in the game. Uh, for the Argonauts, uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson had the day off as well, so Chad Kelly got the nod. He went 23 for 35 with 264 yards along with two touchdown passes and one interception. Unfortunately, Toronto will be missing former MVP Andrew Harris, who is the former running back of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, He will not be returning this year after he suffered a season-ending torn pectoral muscle that required surgery. Uh, Running back A.J. Ouellette also had the finale off at BMO Field. uh, But there was one kind of really cool thing that happened during the game. The second half kickoff, uh, David Cote from the Alouettes kicked off uh, to the Toronto 23. Jeremiah Haydell returned the kick for 87 yards for the touchdown. So he opened up the second half with a huge uh, return. So that was a really great score in the game. Uh, That ended up tying the game at that point at 28 uh, the Argos now have the bye because they go to the Eastern final, uh, while the Alouettes will host the Hamilton Tiger Cats next Sunday in the early game for the East Semifinal. So there's a lot of weird things happening here as well. So Montreal fired their head coach, Gahari Jones, after week four. So two teams in the East, Ottawa and Montreal, both fired their coaches mid to late season. Uh, This one was really early. So they'll be looking for a possible new head coach in the off season. Uh, GM Danny Machocha right now is taking double duty. I highly doubt that he's going to be doing that next year for the entire season. Uh, It already looked stressful enough, to be honest. So now with him... Taking both duties right now. I'm sure that he'll be looking for a head coach after the season's over. Uh, There is rumblings happening, though, right now in the CFL as the assistant head coach and special teams coordinator for the Calgary Stampiers, Mark Killam, is due for a huge head coaching job here soon. There is going to be three vacancies, I'm assuming. Uh, One we'll get to a little bit later. Uh, So he is got to be up for one of them. Um, Toronto was a weird team this year. Um, they, they just looked weird. I mean, they, they won the East. They had, a an interesting season to say the least. They lost Andrew Harris, which was really, you know, devastating for their run game. Um, their quarterback, McLeod Bethel Thompson, he, he looked okay, I guess. I don't really know how else to say it. He looked okay. Um, Honestly, I don't know if he's, you know, a star of the future type quarterback, or you know, if he's kind of just a place filler for now. Um, there's gonna be some quarterbacks on the move at the end of the season as well. Looks like Bowley by Mitchell is gonna be moving on from Calgary. And same with the Saskatchewan quarterback as well. Um, so we will see what happens there. Um, yeah, just a lot of weirdness happening in the east all around, right? So, I mean, it is the east. Um, The West always seems to be the stronger division, where the East always seems to be the tougher one. Um, The Argos had a winning record, but the rest of the division looked pretty tight there as well. Um, Yeah, and I guess we're going to see what happens moving forward between Hamilton and the Alouettes next week. Lewis Ward has... One from 29, one from 51, this one from just outside of the 50. Trying to go three for three, and he does tuck that one in. He's on point. The second game of the triple header saw the Hamilton Tiger Cats travel to Ottawa to take on the Red Blacks at TD Play Stadium, with Hamilton winning this one 23-16. Uh, for the Tiger Cats, Dane Evans did get the start. And he went seven for nine with 117 yards. Matt Schilt finished off the day for Hamilton going 12 for 18 with 144. And running back uh, Sean Thomas Erlington saw limited duty with five carries and 44 yards. Uh, Matt Schiltz, who did play this game, is a former Alouette. So going into the Eastern Semi, it'll be interesting for him to go up against his old team. Highly doubt he's going to see any playing time. But just being there on the sidelines behind Dane Evans would be kind of pretty cool for him, I think. Uh, The biggest side of the ball was actually the Hamilton defense. With seven sacks on the Red Blacks quarterbacks and a ton of pressure all day, led by defensive backs Davros Katsantonis. With three of the seven sacks. So, yeah, Hamilton pressure all day, and Ottawa just really couldn't get anything going. Uh, For the Red Blacks, there was no Nick Arbuckle for the Ottawa finale. Uh, Caleb Evans took most of the snaps for the Red Blacks. He went 14 for 25, 110 yards. Tyree Adams did take a couple as well for them, and he went 8 for 12 with 98 yards. Uh, The red-black offense was stifled all game until the fourth quarter TD run by Evans. Uh, Kicker Lewis Ward went a perfect 3-for-3 for for the game, hitting his longest field goal of the day from 51 yards. Uh, Ottawa's season is now over. Uh, there's a lot of questions that will need to be answered this offseason. The Red Blacks played their last four games of the season without a head coach after parting ways with Paul LaPolice. Jeremiah Masoli should be back next season after that huge injury that he took. So that's going to leave Nick Arbuckle in an interesting predicament. Does Nick Arbuckle stick around? Does he you know, become the backup? Does he stay behind Jeremiah Masoli? Masoli has had injury issues in past when he was in Hamilton. So... Does he move on somewhere else? There's going to be some vacancies coming up in different QB markets around the CFL. So, hard to say. Uh, Hamilton will now be traveling to Montreal to take on the Alouettes in the Eastern Semifinal. That one's going to be an interesting one as well. Um, Hamilton has kind of the same as Toronto. They were good. They were okay. Decent. I mean, nothing, you know, big. They came down to the wire though, finishing third place in the East. At one point, it looked like Saskatchewan was actually going to get the crossover, uh, in the CFL with finishing better than the third place East team. The fourth place West team would have crossed over in this case. Obviously it didn't. So it didn't kind of pan out the way that the Saskatchewan Rough Riders wanted it to. Uh, so Hamilton did pull it together closer to the end of the year and lock up that third seed, uh, going into Montreal is going to be an interesting one for sure. Uh, That one, I really have to say it's going to be a Hamilton game. I believe, I believe Hamilton's going to have the stronger team. They're going to come out harder. And um, Trevor Harris starting for the Alouettes for the Eastern semi, I, d- I just don't think he's going to be able to pull it off as wh- and uh, do anything against that Hamilton defense. I mean, look what they did to Ottawa. Of course, Ottawa did finish last in the East, but that still shouldn't downplay the strength and what that Hamilton D can do. So it's going to be an interesting one, and that is the early game of next week in uh, the Eastern Semi. Like Quick Parker was, like Bobby Gerson was. Tommy Stevens looking to take this wide, find some room on the far side of the field, and he'll get it down to the 50. Now he's going to take off inside the 40. Will they catch him? Stevens is going to go all the way to the house. How about that? 85 yards. A third and short for Tommy Stevens. How about that? Tommy Stevens got a little giddy-up in him. The third and final game of the regular season saw the Saskatchewan Rough Riders traveling to McMahon Stadium to take on the Calgary Stampeders, who really took care of business in this one, winning a huge one at home, convincingly 36 to 10. For Saskatchewan, Mason Fine played the entire game, going 21 for 32 with 168 yards while being sacked six times. The Stampeder defense shut down the Riders for most of the game, with Shaq Evans being the biggest offensive contributor for the riders pulling in six catches for 76 yards but you know what it wasn't all doom and gloom uh one positive that we did see was the return of defensive end charleston hughes who played the final game of the year charleston hughes came into saskatchewan uh late training camp i believe it was or early season uh his return to saskatchewan And it was great to see him come back in the last game. Um, He said by looking at the stat sheets that he still has it and he's still got a lot left in him. So we're excited to see where he goes from here. And, of course, Charlton Hughes is also a friend of our podcast. Um, With the Riders' season coming to an end, uh, there is already an uneasy feeling in Saskatchewan. Cody Fajardo hasn't started a game since Week 18 and all points are leading to his days being done in Saskatchewan. Head coach Craig Dickinson, who is the brother of Calgary Stampeders, head coach Dave Dickinson, uh, and general manager Jeremy O'Day may also be on the way out sooner rather than later. Uh, That could end up happening as early as this week. If it does end up happening, we will have an update on our next podcast for everybody. Uh, for Calgary, Jake Mayer went 13 for 16, 105 yards in the air with the TD pass to receiver Reggie Bagleton. But the most impressive stat of the night did come from QB Tommy Stevens, who on a third and short took the ball to the left and went 85 yards for to the house. It was an amazing run, third and short just coming in for short yardage and he was gone. Uh, rookie receiver Jalen Philpot also pulled in his third touchdown of the season. Jalen is the twin brother of Montreal Alouettes receiver Tyson Philpot. The Stamps also sent quarterback Bo Levi-Mitchell onto the field late in the fourth quarter. Uh, it also kind of felt more like a goodbye, as he hasn't started a game since week 11. Uh, he was replaced by Jake Mayer, uh, just Poor performance, wasn't really getting the job done. Coach Dickinson pulled him out, put in Jake. Jake did an amazing job for the remainder of the year. Um, Like I said, it looks like it was more of a goodbye gesture for Bo to come out there right at the very end of the game. Do his waves goodbye to the crowd, and it looks like he'll be out of here. Uh, Rumor Mill does say that he could end up being in Saskatchewan this time next year, playing hopefully in the playoffs, but for us, hopefully not. Uh, I'd love to see Bo be successful anywhere he goes. I'd just rather it maybe be in the East where we know we don't have to face him very often. Um, Calgary will now be traveling to BC to take on the BC Lions in the Western semifinal. Winner obviously does go on to Winnipeg. Um, I guess a bit of a preview on that one. It's it's going to be a huge offensive game, I think. Either way, uh, Nathan Rourke, along with you know Rhimes, Keon Hatcher, Lucky Whitehead, it's going to be a huge passing game on this side, on the Calgary defensive side of the ball, though. Cameron Judge was really unstoppable at linebacker this year. He just lit up everybody. He had a great season. He is up for uh, most outstanding Canadian this year. So, um, you know, things are looking very impressive for him. He had a great year. He also does have that history with BC with that lucky whitehead parking lot incident from a a few weeks ago. So uh, it'll be interesting on what happens there. Uh, and also Sean Lemon has just been a sack machine for the Calgary Stampeders. So, um, if both Lemon and Judge can get their hands on Nathan Rourke and shut down the BC offense, then it could very well be Calgary's game on the flip side though. If Nathan Rourke and his, uh, star receivers put it together, it could be a long day for the Calgary D either way, it's going to be a super exciting game. I can't wait to see that one. So that's it for week 21 and the regular season in the Canadian Football League. Uh, With that being said, the Elks, Red Blacks, and Riders are all out. So what's going to happen next for them? The Red Blacks don't have a coach. Uh, The Riders are rumored to be firing everybody and doing a complete uh, house clean in uh, Saskatchewan. And with the Elks, I really have no idea what's going on over there between Chris Jones and the assistant GM G-Roy Simon. Um, there's, I think, a lot of issues that need to be cleaned up in Edmonton as well. Uh, G-Roy, of course, was the director of scouting for the BC Lions uh, and came over as the assistant GM to Chris Jones in Edmonton. I don't really think they had the turnout that they were hoping for this year, but I guess we'll see what happens next for them. And as I said earlier, with um, the head coaching vacancies coming up here right away, I'd love to see Coach Killam get an opportunity to lead a team so that is it for us we will be back later on in the week with some updates as well as a preview of the 2022 cfl playoffs and it is award season so i'm going to be giving my uh, predictions on who's going to win everything including most outstanding player and most outstanding canadian don't forget to follow us on instagram at around the cfl podcast and that is it for us and we will see you later